Brought to you by the WZIP sports team, this is Sports Power Talk Overtime. Featuring in-depth interviews. I didn't really plan to ask this, but since you brought it up, what's it like kind of having like your own meme? Like how does that make you feel? <laughs> Exclusive original content. He crosses paths with another best in the world. Oh, that gets you excited, don't it? Oh, that gets me excited. And of course, the hottest takes. My dad used to have this saying, if you don't like the series, you don't like football. Well, like... I say I'm a pretty big football fan, and I despise the <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> so get ready, because it's time for SPT Overtime. Sports Power Talk Overtime is back. I hope you enjoyed our most recent interviews with Aiden Quinn and Mark Letestu. But not only are we back in a talk format, but most importantly, the UFC crew is back. My name is Jake Murin, and I'm joined by Michael Matthews. Yes, that is me. I am him. And Alex Henry. Hello, everybody. So our last show was for UFC 271 when the middleweight king of the Undisputed Fighting Championship had a decision win over Robert Whitaker. Alex and I tied in our predictions with a 4-1 and one record. And Michael, you went 3-2. and two. Yeah. So you're You know what? I was, I was happy to see the shoey at the end. I predicted against it, but it was a nice little fight that they had. Ending in a knockout. We all knew it was going to happen. Yeah, somebody was going to fall in that fight. Thank, thankfully, it was tied to Ivasa. Um, but yeah, so from here on out, we are going to tally up our predictions over time to really see who knows the MMA world the best. For today's show, we are here to preview and predict UFC 272 in Las Vegas, headlined by former friends turned bitter rivals. It is Colby Covington against Jorge Masvidal, the five-fight main card, has something for everyone and will kick it off with a first bout at heavyweight between Sergey Spivak and Greg Hardy. The heavyweight bout was supposed to take place at UFC 270, so good on the UFC for not only getting it to take place, but rescheduling it soon enough so it's on UFC 272. For Spivak, he has thir- he is 13 and 3, has five wins by KO, six wins by submission, his last fight was a first-round KO loss against Tom Aspinall. Whereas for Greg Hardy, he's 7-4. and four. He started in 2019 in the UFC after two Dana White's Contender Series wins. And six of his seven wins have come via knockout. Who do you guys like in the first fights of the night? Uh, I think uh, Sergey's a better grappler, especially when he pushes the pace. Uh, he does a lot better, has good takedowns, okay submissions for the most part. Uh, he's a capable striker, doesn't have crazy knockout power for his weight class. Um, Greg Hardy, on the other hand, is a very, 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 very inconsistent fighter. To I would say least, yeah. maybe the most inconsistent fighter in UFC ever. Uh, however, he is very athletic. Uh, he does have the knockout power. He's a good grappler. He actually has 80% takedown defense. He is coming off that loss to Ty. I think, um, Sergey wins this one, uh, especially if he can get it on the ground. Neither guys are very polished fighters in the heavyweight division. Uh, but I think, uh, he'll get a, uh, submission in the second round. Uh, you will never hear me pick for Greg Hardy a single time when I'm up here. I don't care if he's fighting Dana White. I'm picking Dana White. 
first all round right. KO. <laughs> I don't care. Greg Hardy should not be in the UFC at all. But I agree. just talking about this fight, um, I do believe this one is ending in a unanimous decision. I do feel like Sergey is going to have his work cut out for him because unfortunately Greg Hardy is like a really good uh, striker or not striker, but has power there. Um, I think it's funny that you uh, that ESPN, if you click on Greg Hardy's profile, it still brings up he's a defensive end. Uh, he has not played in the NFL for at least five years now. Uh, I don't understand that at all. But I do have Sergey taking this one uh, by unanimous decision. So before I give my pick, why the the hatred towards Greg Hardy? Uh, there's some certain things that I don't know if we can really discuss over okay. air okay. about enough. Greg Hardy, the things that he's been uh, proven to do in his past. I don't believe he should be rewarded by having another opportunity in a major sporting company like the NFL. If you're too bad for the NFL, I don't know why you wouldn't be too bad for the UFC. Simple as that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, former Carolina Panther and Dallas Cowboy turned UFC fighter. Honestly, he only has power. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's been taken down in the UFC. His striking is inconsistent. Like you said, Alex, one of the most inconsistent fighters, if not the Ever. most inconsistent fighter in UFC history. Um, I don't necessarily like Spivak either. Mm -hmm. I think he he struggles, especially on the defensive side. Uh, I mean, nothing against Tom Aspinall, but I think Sergey could have lasted longer if his defense was just more technical. Right. Uh, for Spivak, he does have a 57% takedown accuracy, so I do like that. And I'm right there with you, Michael. I do think he's going to win by unanimous decision over Greg Hardy. My, I worry that Greg Hardy might land that one shot that could land Spivak on his back mm -hmm. to get the KO win. But with Spivak, I think whenever he gets like that big fight, like he had big fights against Aspinall or even Martian Terbura, in the heavyweight division, he's always dropped the ball in those fights, but right. he does beat lesser competition. His chin might be a little bit suspect, but I do like Spivak. I think he might go for a more takedown and wrestling heavy approach here against Greg Hardy, and we are all in agreement that Sergey Spivak will kick off UFC 272 with a win. Moving on from the heavyweight fight to kick off the night, we're going to go into the welterweight bout between the 14th-ranked middleweight, Kevin Holland, moving down to welterweight against Alex Cowboy Oliveira. So, Holland, like I said, he's moving down a weight class. He's 21-7, and seven, bursted onto the scene with five wins in 2020, and, of course, is trash-talking in the cage as well. Oliveira, he's that distinguished veteran in the welterweight division. He's 22-11-1, and one, but he is on a three-fight losing streak. How do you guys handicap this one? between Holland and Oliveira. I think this one's actually going to be a really good fight. I believe they're both on losing streaks. Uh, Holland, I think his last one was a no contest, but the two before that were losing streaks. I do feel like Holland is, that reach advantage is going to be significant in this fight. And especially fighting somebody who is a striker, I do feel like if you take away such a significant reach advantage, I think he has probably like a five-inch reach advantage. Obviously, UFC, these fighters are capable of, of getting around that. But what I'm saying is when you're fighting against a striker, I think that's huge. Uh, just that size difference is going to be a task for Oliveira. I do believe Holland gets this one, even though I'm not very confident in that pick. I do have this KO round two for Holland. Uh, all right. I, uh, I think Kevin Holland's very accurate, powerful striker. But the thing that worries me about him is his takedown defense. Mm -hmm. uh, on the ground, he's not an awful wrestler 
Uh, he did have a pretty quick rise to the UFC, um, but he's gotten beat by guys who figured out they just have to take him down. His take defense, his takedown defense is fifty percent. Uh, worries me a lot. Alex Oliveira, very athletic, has the complete package. Um, oftentimes doesn't put himself out there when he should. Uh, when it comes to striking and takedowns and stuff, uh, it's a tough one to pick for me as well. Uh, I want to pick Alex uh, because Kevin's takedown defense is that bad, but. Alex does not take that many takedowns. Matter of fact, he's only taken two in his last five fights. Right. So I think if Alex keeps it on his feet, uh, goes with the leg kicks, um, he can get the win. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a, a Kevin Holland win by knockout. All right, fair enough. I am also going with Kevin Holland here. You mentioned it with Oliveira. He is well rounded, but his grappling he's only has 37 percent grappling accuracy. In his career, he's also old. He's 34 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how well that fares for him in this fight as well. And Holland, like, he's been on a two-fight winning streak and then the no decision with the headbutt from Kyle Dawkins. That whole situation went down. But the blueprint was laid down for how to beat Kevin Holland, and that is just by taking him down, wrestling him, and controlling him on the ground. So I think if Oliveira can do that, he would win, but I don't think Oliveira will his grappling accuracy isn't the greatest. And I think Holland has been making strides in his grappling. I know the fight with Kyle Dawkins was short-lived, but the grappling accuracy from Kevin Holland in that fight against Dawkins was actually kind of impressive. He's been training with the likes of Daniel Cormier. He's been trying to wrestle. And I do think that his great striking skills, along with that reach advantage, like you said, Michael, will get the job done. And I'm also going to take Holland by KO in the second fight of the night. So moving on to featherweight, we have a matchup between the 10th featherweight in the world, Edson Barboza, versus the 11th featherweight in the world, Bryce Mitchell. So Barboza, he's 22 and 10, has 13 wins by KO, fighting out of American top team. And then for Mitchell, he's undefeated in the UFC. He's 14-1, and one, but the lone loss was in an exhibition fight in the Ultimate Fighter, so it's questionable whether you really count that against him or not. Also has nine wins by submission. His last fight was over two years ago, though, in October in 2020. How do you guys see this one playing out at featherweight? I feel like Edson Barbosa is one of those people who have just been in here like forever. Like I've always talked about Edson Barbosa, and I do feel like the age difference in this fight is so funny to me. It's almost a 10-year age difference between these two fighters. I do feel like Edson Barbosa obviously is capable of winning this fight. However, I do give this to Bryce Mitchell. I do feel like he gets this one by submission as well. This is something that's going to be very interesting for me. I feel like he moves up in the featherweight rankings after this, like you said, 10 and 11. I feel like we get a top seven appearance in the rankings after this fight. For Bryce Mitchell, I do feel like this is going to be one of my favorite ones on the card. I personally like the grappling. I do feel like it's 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 so entertaining to see somebody get the leverage against their opponent, especially yeah. when they're both you know great grapplers, great with jujitsu, great with all of that. I do feel like it's going to be a tough task for Bryce Mitchell to uh, submit Barbosa, but it's going to happen. I uh, I'm also very excited uh, for this fight. Uh, I agree with what you said. Uh, Edson Barboza is ba- basically uh, 
fought everybody in the featherweight division. Yeah. Dude's been around forever. Uh, not much I have to say about him. He's a good striker. He's got good movement. Uh, he's not crazy on his takedowns, but he's very stealthy on the ground, mm-hmm. uh, like you said. Uh, it's been a year. It's been over a year, actually, since Bryce Mitchell fought. Over two, yeah. Um, October 2020. Yeah, so he he hasn't been in the octagon a while. He's a weird striker. Keeps his hands low mm-hmm. the whole fight. Right hand forward. And he's not trying to set you up for that southpaw big power punch. He's he's trying to take you down. Right. That's that's his game plan. Uh, Bryce averages three takedowns a fight, and in his last fight versus Andre Filio, he had seven. It's it's pretty crazy how much this guy loves to wrestle. I also love to watch um the wrestling as well. I'm gonna take Thug Nasty, uh, Bryce Mitchell on this one. I'm not saying I like the pick. Um, but I, I just think that Bryce is going to be able to keep him on the ground. Uh, I'm going to have Bryce by decision here. All right. Well, we have our first disagreement there we go. <laughs> of the podcast here. So you guys went with Thug and Nasty Bryce Mitchell. I'm going with Edson Barbosa here. I just don't trust Bryce Mitchell enough in this case. You know, he is a well-mixed, uh, great mixed martial artist at least. 62% striking accuracy on top of all those grappling stats that you just mentioned, Alex. Nine wins by submission. He's great if he can get the fights to the ground, but I just don't think he's beaten anybody notable in the UFC quite yet. This is his biggest fight he's had. This is his biggest fight he's had, biggest challenge of his career to date, and I don't like that it's coming off of such a long layoff for Bryce Mitchell as well. I think that's going to be at play. Uh, Maybe some cage rust could be at play here as well. But for Barbosa, we talked about that. He's been around forever, 22-10, and 10, 13 wins by KO. Um, his last fight was a loss to Giga Chikadze, which isn't even a bad loss at all. Um, Giga's rising through the featherweight rankings as we speak. Barbosa, he's a dangerous and experienced fighter who can end about with any strike. And I do think Barbosa wins by decision here just because I see Bryce Mitchell going for a lot of takedown attempts that will chew up some clock over time. Mm-hmm. And then Barbosa will land enough strikes to get the nod from the judges before the co-main event, which is what we're going to next um, at lightweight. It was it's going to be RDA Rafael Dos Anjos versus Rafael Fiziev. We're going to find out who the best Rafael in the <laughs> UFC is going to be um, for Dos Anjos. He's the sixth ranked lightweight and Fiziev. He's the 11th ranked uh, lightweight. This fight was supposed to happen two weeks ago. Um, instead, it happens uh, on Saturday at UFC 272. It remains to be a five-round fight. RDA, he's 29 and 13, just like Barbosa. He's been around forever. He's very experienced. Whereas Fazeev, he's on the rise. He's 11 and one with seven KOs, training out of Tiger Muay Thai. How do you guys like this fight? Uh, RDA, OG in the lightweight uh, class, grappler at heart, but his striking has gotten much better with his age. Uh, You see where now he's mixing in punches uh, and kicks very well um, with his grappling. Um, He's also lost to a lot of great competition. A lot of people say he could have beat Connor. Uh, I don't know. Um, But yeah, he's, he's a good fighter. OG. Uh, Fiziev. 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 It's a hard name to pronounce. 
Where is he from exactly? He's from. I'm not entirely sure. Just like imagine if there's a lot of E's in between the Z and the B. Kygristan. Even a worse name to pronounce in the country. Just Fiziv. But Fiziv, on the other hand, he has a 95% takedown defense. Um, He's got that good Muay Thai um, background. He beat Bobby Green, uh, which I think is pretty crazy. I don't like his cardio. It's a five-round fight. I'm not very confident with that cardio. Um, But at the same time, he's won his last three out of five by decision. So why I don't like his cardio, he has gone to show he can win a fight going all three rounds. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is a five-round uh, five fight. Uh, RDA is a hard guy to finish. He's got a steel chin. Hasn't been knocked out since he was 31. But now he's 37. Yeah. And I think he's going to get knocked out. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take Rafael Fazeev. That's interesting. I'm going with the other Rafael. I'm going with Rafael Desanos. Right. I do feel uh, his cardio, Fazeev, is, is something I'm questioning as well. Being in a, a five-round fight is obviously totally different. I feel like the way this fight goes is it's a long-winded fight. And this ends in RDA getting a well-fought submission victory. And I feel like it happens because of the other Rafael being very tired. And I feel like when you get very tired, especially if you're in a fight, anybody listening, if you've ever been in a fight and got very tired, you just start doing anything. You're just trying to survive. But anyway, I do feel it's it's going to take place like the other Rafael is fighting against Dos Anjos and he gets super tired and he just starts throwing stuff that he's not he's not putting any intention behind. So that leads to a takedown, leads to him making some questionable decisions on the ground, leads to him, I think, with a arm around his neck. So this fight is really hard for me to pick, and I can see it ending in one of two ways, and you guys both illustrated the exact mm. ways that I can see this going out. Um, RDA, he's distinguished. He's been around forever. Um, he's from Rio. He trains out of King's MMA. Legendary fighting career of his own. In a five-round fight, I can see him tiring out Fazeev and going to a decision win. I don't see him... Getting that submission wall certainly could happen because a tired fighter is a fighter who does bad things, mm-hmm. very untechnical as well. Um, so I could see RDA going along that route, but I could also see Rafael Fiziev with that special technical power, knockout power. He even has those kicks as well. He's not afraid to do some crazy spinning things as well. I think Fiziev could very well knock out RDA as well in this fight. I'm going to go with Rafael Fiziev here. Mm. I'm going to agree with Alex. I think Fiziev is going to be able to get it done against Dos Anjos and get the knockout. I am very concerned about Fiziev's uh, stamina and his ability to go five rounds, which this fight is. Uh, I could very easily see RDA going to a decision win, but I'm going to put my bet towards Rafael Fiziev getting that knockout win. And I'll say round two, maybe round three, but earlier on in the fight where he isn't gassed and maybe RDA might be gassed because he's trying to take down Fiziev and failing to do so definitely is going to be an exhausting process. And then Fiziev can get the job done on the feet. That's just my opinion, though. We'll see what happens on Saturday night. But now it is time to pick 
and preview the main events of UFC 272. It's not a title fight, but instead it is former friends turned bitter, bitter rivals, Colby Chaos Covington, the number one ranked welterweight in the world, taking on Jorge Gamebred Masvidal, the number sixth ranked welterweight in the world. No need for me to recap or preview this fight. Go ahead, gentlemen, with the picks. Uh, Kobe Covington, great wrestler. Uh, arguably one of the best in the UFC right now. Uh, background out of Oregon. Extremely hard worker. Great cardio. Uh, he likes to come in with a lot of strikes, good volume, where he makes it hard for somebody to make a game plan. And what I really want to talk about on my take is Kobe Covington striking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was able to do a little extra research this morning. His striking numbers versus Robbie Lawler, he had 179 strikes and 10 takedowns in that fight. Uh, versus RDA, he had 100 strikes and three takedowns. And both times versus Usman, he struggled to get him on the ground. They were standing matches, um, but he almost knocked him out a couple times. Yeah. And his striking in those fights versus Usman was incredible. So I want to I wanna crush the narrative right now that... Uh, Kobe Covington's not a striker, and he's only a wrestler. And I, I give credit to Jorge Masvidal for that um, because they did train together, and he was able to learn striking. Uh, something else I pulled up here. Um, the significant strikes landed per minute uh, for Jorge Masvidal is 4.2, and for Kobe Covington, it's 4.1. So it's... Neck and neck. It's really neck and neck. I don't like how a lot of people are saying Kobe Covington's not a crazy striker. Uh, I don't think he's better than Jorge Masvidal at striking. Uh, Jorge Masvidal started with street fighting. Uh, crazy background. Crazy knockout power. Um, and accuracy. In his last three fights before Usman, he won them all by knockout. And, I mean, you can say that you know Nate Diaz was going to come back. I think you're delusional. If you do think that, but uh, he was killing him. I, I don't think that Nate Diaz had a had a chance in that fight. Uh, so I I think Colby's going to be a problem. Uh, we've seen Masvidal pull off bigger upsets um, in the past. Uh, you could see him coming out heavy, landing some big punches and big strikes. But uh, I'm going to take Colby Covington by decision here. I think for Jorge, for Jorge Masvidal to win this fight, it has to look like the Ben Askren fight. Yeah. I think, personally, I feel like that's the only way he wins this fight. It's oh, quick, man. out of nowhere, the fight's over. What happened? One of those. I think Colby is, is significantly better when you talk about wrestling. It's like not, it's not a fair comparison. I do feel like if you look at uh, Jorge's first fight against uh, Usman, obviously it was on short notice and everything, but Usman sure. was able to dominate. When it came to grappling, he, he threw Jorge around that entire octagon wherever he wanted to go. Obviously, that second fight, he got knocked out, too, so it wasn't a good look. I feel like the person who gave Usman the hardest time was Colby Covington. The person who dominated Masvidal the most has been Usman. So I do feel like even if you look at something like that, it just shows the difference in the skill level. I do feel like Colby does the same thing like Usman did to Masvidal in their first fight, does whatever he wants to do as far as grappling goes. Masvidal has to keep Covington off of him and I don't know if he's capable of doing that in a five-round fight. Mm-hmm. I see this one being a unanimous decision, victory for Colby Covington, and he's back in that race for the title again. 
Oh man. Okay. Uh, Alex, did you give a stipulation for the main event? Did you say you said Colby Covington, but did you say submission or KO? Uh, decision. Okay. Decision. Okay. So unanimous I, decision. Mm -hmm. Okay. F fair enough. So with this fight, you know, both, fifty to forty-five. Yes. Oh man. Wow. Okay. There might be a ten-eight. There. Yeah. There might be a ten-eight. The di oh, <laughs> gosh. So sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> you're fine. Yo, you're fine. UFC two seventy-one. You guys gave so much disrespect to Robert Whitaker. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, I respect Whitaker, but I still think Israel Adesanya will win the fight. Right. Yes, that is pronounced Adesanya, right. not Adesanya. It's kind of a thing. It's Adesanya. 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 Um, yeah, it, French, it's like... kind of fun to say. <laughs> it is a little fun to say, but it, it's not. I think the ESPN just says Adesanya because mm -hmm. it's easier to say, but it's not how it's, it's not how it's pronounced. So interesting. Little fact of the day for you guys listening, but. <laughs> Anyways, Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal. I think you guys are really disrespecting Jorge Masvidal mm. here. So much to the fact where I actually picked Jorge Masvidal lying. to win no event on Saturday night in Las Vegas. So Colby Covington, you guys hit it right on. He's a great wrestler. I'm not going to say he isn't. He's a great wrestler. Even took Kamara Usman down. Um, both fighters coming off of losses to Kamara Usman. Um, Masvidal is 35 and 15 in his career. He's has 16 wins by knockout. He has the power. He has the striking accuracy. He's not afraid to mix it up with kicks, knees, and even spinning attacks all the same. And I don't think it will take just that quick instant win like against Ben Askren for Jorge Masvidal to win this fight. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out there and does something like that mm -hmm. because of the rivalry that's at stake here between Masvidal and Covington. But... I like Masvidal striking way more than Covington. And one little fact that people are forgetting about Masvidal is that he's not bad at takedown defense. He has a 75% takedown defense in his career. Now, 75%, it isn't the greatest, but it isn't bad either. I think, sure, you know, Colby Covington might pick up a round or two, not 10-8, but 10-9. Mm. Colby Covington might pick up a round or two just because he will land a takedown here and there. But as the fight goes on, I think Jorge Masvidal is going to watch out for those takedowns and strike Colby Covington. I'm not going to say he's going to be able to knock him out per se, although I could see that happening as well, especially with the bad blood. You know Jorge Masvidal is going to want to go out there and put Colby Covington's lights out. But I'm going to take Masvidal, the underdog, by decision here wow. in the main event. Like I said, I can see Covington winning. I don't think the disrespect towards Masvidal is is a thing, but I can also no, see... No disrespect towards Masvidal, really. You said 50-45 <laughs> blatantly. Five-round fight. 50-45 in a five-round fight is like domination, Alex. <sighs> I, I think it's going to be domination. Little, <laughs> that's a little bit of a disrespect. <laughs> and then you have Michael over here saying a 10-8 or two rounds. <laughs> 50-45 and then a 10-8. No. Yeah. That is disrespect towards Jorge Gamebred Masvidal. That is absolutely disrespect towards him. He has the striking. He can get it done. I wouldn't be surprised if Covington even knocks out Masvidal, if I'm being honest. Because, like, in the Masvidal and Usman fight, number two, um, their last fight, you know, Masvidal was really wary about those takedowns mm -hmm. from Usman. And he was so wary to where he was so stressed out about the takedowns that he exposed his chin and got knocked out for the left first it, time in his career. He left it completely open. He there was nothing open. bracing that. Which, like, fair enough. If you're going to defend anything against Kamaru Usman, you've got to protect the takedowns. Yeah. 
So, I mean, he got that game plan down, but then lost track of the technique of defending the strikes mm-hmm. and got knocked out. We all know how that played out. Jorge Masvidal, I'm concerned that he might do that again here with Colby Covington. Like you said, I'm not doubting Colby Covington's striking power. I think a lot of people are doubting his striking capabilities. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jorge Masvidal is so stressed out about the takedowns that he does get pieced up a little bit Mm -hmm. by Covington. I know it sounds like I'm picking Covington here by saying all this, but I'm still picking Jorge Masvidal. (laughs) I think his striking is just far superior. He's going to be able to keep distance with his kicks. Might even do something crazy for a knockout, but I do like Masvidal by decision in Saturday night's main event. Before we sign off, though, I want to get a little bit of a recap from both of you guys. So run down the card and who you picked in each fight. I picked Sergey, I believe, by unanimous decision, even though I want it to be a one-second knockout over Greg Hardy. It's just not going to happen. I picked Holland, I believe, in a unanimous decision as well. I picked Bryce Mitchell in a submission, I believe, second round. I picked RDA in a submission in the fifth round. I picked Colby Covington against Jorge Masvidal in a unanimous, clear, clear, clear victory over Jorge Masvidal. Uh, I I do want to say in my first uh, podcast, I was one in four in my predictions. Mm. Uh, the four. last podcast, I was four and one. Four and one. There you go. Um, Same here. This one, I picked the favorite for every fight. I picked the favorite, but Ooh. I, uh, I know that's not a good thing in the UFC, yeah. but it's where my heart's at. So we got a uh, Sergey with a second round submission victory. Kevin Holland with a knockout. Uh, uh, I'm gonna call it early first or second round. Um, Bryce Mitchell wins by decision. Uh, Raphael Fiziat. Fazeev. You'll get it. Um, knockout win. And Kobe Covington by unanimous decision. Clear unanimous, by the oh way. Oh, my. <laughs> Man, you guys need to chill out when it comes to Kobe Covington and Jorge <laughs> Um, So this is really interesting to me because we have two fights where you guys both picked the same fighter and I picked the other one. Yeah. So, you know, last time we did this, Alex and I led four and one, and then you went three and two. This could either go me winning it all on this podcast or me just being all the way down to the bottom. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. The next one, I cannot wait. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. For my picks, though, I went Sergey Spivak um, at the first fight of the night at heavyweight. I think he's going to be able to wrestle Greg Hardy to a unanimous decision. And then I also picked Kevin Holland moving down to welterweight. I think that's his true weight class. I find him having success there against um, Alex Oliveira. No respect to Alex Oliveira. He is a distinguished veteran in our sport. But Holland, I think he's going to be able to get the job done, either with a late KO or a decision victory for Kevin Holland. And then one of those picks that I mentioned, I picked Edson Barbosa against Bryce Mitchell, where you guys picked Mitchell. At featherweight, I think Barbosa is just more dangerous and experienced and, you know, Mitchell hasn't fought in a long time. He does have that grappling and ability to reach for those submissions. But I just like Barboza's, um his experience more in this fight and getting Mitchell that first UFC loss. Then in the co-main event, the battle between Rafael's, I do have Rafael Faziv defeating RDA, either an early knockout that, and that's really the only way I see that fight ending. 
Either way, you know, RDA will either get a late submission, like you said, Michael, mm-hmm. or a decision victory. But I am going to go down the route of Rafael Fiziev by early knockout, whether that be round two or three around there. I just think he is a very special on the feet with his striking, and he has the power to put down anybody in RDA at this stage of his career. He's he's fighting great, but I just don't see him being able to take down Fiziev with much success. And then the main events. Jorge, Gamebred, Mazvidal. You guys are wrong. You guys will be wrong. We'll see. I could look like a fool here, <laughs> but I am going Jorge, Mazvidal. And if he wins, I'm never going to let it go, guys. That's fair. I, that's I mean, fair. at least that's going for me. Uh, every <laughs> single podcast I will open with, the guy who, uh, my name is Jake Murn, the guy who picked Jorge, Mazvidal to beat Colby Covington. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. It's just not possible. It is possible. It is possible, and it will happen this saturday night all right well that will do it for us the ufc crew from wzip sports joining me were michael matthews yes that's my name i was gonna cut you off there but you already said it (laughs) and alex hunter all right my name is jake murren we will see who comes out on top saturday nights from not only this year prediction show but of course the main events between Colby Covington and the winner Jorge Masvidal. Nope. All right, we are out of here. <laughs> Enjoy UFC 272.